Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever-hustling Louis Fox. That's right. I'm out there trying to turn a, make a dollar out of 15 cents. You are. You're constantly hustling, man. You got irons in the fire. You got phone calls to Germany. Yeah. You got <laughs> stuff being shipped and... Yeah, you know, identities being stolen. <laughs> Mostly identities being <laughs> stolen. What's, how would you describe the nature of your business? Identity theft. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So what have you been up to? Not much, man. Just uh, hanging out here on the farm. Uh, now, we have a giant frog that we call Frogzilla. Yes, that you've tried to show me nine times, and I don't believe it exists. No one's ever seen it but me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you have some grainy video <laughs> of it. It only comes out for me, man. <laughs> I have some grainy video It exists! Of it. I've in, seen it! In the distance. I've seen it. I'm going to start a convention. <laughs> Sell some T-shirts, <laughs> write a book. Frogzilla. That's the. That's what you got to do. You got to have Frogzilla, and then have like a big sign on the side of the road. It's like come, come see Frogzilla. Frogzilla. Yep, they could walk on your sketchy bridge. Oh, yeah, side. The you can't walk on this bridge. <laughs> All right. So you may remember a while ago we talked about Matt kids falling into Matt's pond. So he was getting a bridge made. So I got <laughs> no. I didn't get a bridge made. I uh, there. Were, I saw a bridge on Facebook for forty bucks, okay. and I'm like, hey, that would, that looks nice. That would look good over our pond. And so, you know, I make it, you know. A, All right. So your pond, let me, it, it's kind of like teardrop shaped. Yes. And it's probably maybe 30 feet long by 15 feet across. Yes. That's, I would assume a decent assessment. Okay. And uh, so the woman's like, sure. Yeah. You know, I live an hour away. And so we're like, you know, Eric and I were going up that way uh, for a little getaway. And so I'm like, perfect. We'll stop by. It's 40 bucks. Pick it up. So I tell Erica, I show her the picture. She's like, sure, that looks great. And so, you know, we're driving and it's in Salem, which is, it's the capital of Oregon, but it's yeah. also sort of like a methy yes. town a little bit. Yeah. And so we're like going there. She's like, let me look at this, <laughs> this Facebook ad. <laughs> Again? <laughs> like, well, she, she just saw the picture. She didn't look at the ad. Uh, and so she's like, see, it seems pretty cheap for a bridge that's going to go over our pond. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, that's why I'm getting it. She's like, but you didn't ask questions. What is it made of? What is it? And so she looks <laughs> at it. So, yeah, so she looks at it and it's it, it says $40, but then next to it has $400 and then scratched out. Uh, so it's like, it's down from $400 to yeah. $40. And then the woman has like two stars. And she's like, it's not actually the bridge. It's the non-fungible token <laughs> for the picture of the bridge. Yeah, right. It's just a picture of the bridge. <laughs> but then she like takes the woman's name and she puts it into the Google and like there's a warrant out for a woman's arrest. <laughs> Right, and it's for rolling people yeah, who right? come it's to pick like, up a bridge. She got horrible reviews, and then like the address is like this sketchy ass neighborhood, and then we we pass it, and it's a dead end. Uh huh. And so she's like, "I don't want to do this." I'm like, "Whatever, it's forty bucks. Let's go. I'll go check it out. You know, we'll yeah. see." You drive getaway, and so it's funny because she's like, "Let's do a drive by by the house," but then it's a dead end. So like we drive by, you have the to house. turn around in her yes, drive. We had to turn around, and she's standing there looking at us as we're like. Driving 
driving by acting like we got lost. But I jumped out. I was like, hey, are you whatever Catherine, whatever her name is? And uh, she's like, yeah. And I'm like, is that the bridge? It was sitting out. And she's like, yeah. Give her 40 bucks. And she gave it to me. Poorly made. Not very nice. But here's the best part. Cannot hold the weight of anybody. Here's the best part. It's two feet across. It is a lot smaller (laughs) than what I thought. I didn't ask the dimensions. I was just excited. (laughs) It's like. It was a little Lego bridge. Yeah. It's 18 inches wide. And it'll cover a span of maybe two and a half or three feet. And it won't hold the weight of a four-year-old. Yes. So I didn't solve the problem, but we do have a decorative bridge out but there. But you're going to make it worse because that four-year-old that keeps falling into your pond is going to walk on that, go on right it. through. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, we won't go all the way in. The bridge will keep him up. He can hold on to it. He can hold on to the poorly made bridge. All right. Well, let's get some stories, Louie. Let's do it. This story comes from NewYorkDailyNews.com. That's a news source more reliable than growing sunflowers in a cave. Yeah, you don't think so? You can't pull it off? No, no. It would be like some Frank, like Montesano could make it happen. You get some grow lights, you know, it simulates natural sunlight. (laughs) You might as well then have your weed farm in a cave. Yeah. (laughs) Here's... Here's my acre of weed, and that's my one sunflower. Look how well it's doing. It's really a beacon of hope in this cave. (laughs) Fifteen volunteers emerged from Dark Cave in France after 40 days in total isolation. Social isolation, extreme edition. (laughs) They're like, this Lent is getting crazy. (laughs) A group of 15 volunteers emerged from a dark cave in southwestern France on Saturday after living 40 days in complete isolation with no sense of time, natural light, or communication with the outside world. So how did they know when it was time to come out? Yeah, they don't actually say that in the story. Yeah. And they and how did they sign up for the experiment? Like, did they not know how long they were signing up for? Yeah, I don't know. They're like, hey, we're going to put you in this cave till we're done. Enjoy. You, you either die or uh, we decide we're done. Or we find we find minerals in that cave. It's that... like, uh, you know, the cable. The cable guy, right? <laughs> yes. Could be it could be, could be one day. Could be four years. Yeah. It's like you waiting <laughs> on your tractor. <laughs> the group participated in an experiment designed to help scientists better understand how people can adapt to extreme changes in living conditions and the environment. Yeah, but I don't know if they're really adapting in that, like, they went in with gear. It's not like, here's some loincloth, go in and survive. Yeah. It's weird that they say, like, uh, they were, we put them in there with no sense of time. It's like, it's a cave, not a time machine. It's like, <laughs> when they come out, they're like, what, what year is it? Who, who is president? <laughs> who is president? <laughs> On March 15th, eight men and seven women aged 27 to 50 went into a cave in Arige, France, where they spent the next 40 days and 40 nights as part of the Deep Time Mission, a project conducted by the Human Adaption Institute. You know what, though? Like, if you had a teenager, you're like, I'm just going to leave you alone. They'll just, like, sit in their room with the light off for 40 days. You can do it. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. They're like, all I need is my Xbox, 
I'm, but 40 days and 40 nights of no sunlight, wouldn't that just be 80 nights? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one night because the sun never rises. <laughs> exactly. After spending the time with no watches, phones, sunlight, or any updates from their families outside, the group came out on Saturday with big smiles on their pale faces, according to the Associated Press. So I wonder how much wine they had to truck in with them. Oh, you know, right? <laughs> well, so I did uh, I did a three-week wilderness course, like when, uh, like a drug rehab when yep. I was a kid. So it was... It was 21 days out in the wilderness. You didn't mm-hmm. see anybody. And the thing that I craved the most when I came back... Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that. That was the number one. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Huh. Yeah. The temperature inside the cave was found 10... <laughs> they're like, we need to shock your system. You're a teenager. No peanut butter and jelly. It's all lobster and filet mignon. <laughs> the temperature inside the cave was around 10 degrees Celsius, 50 Fahrenheit, and the relative humidity stood at 100 percent but the camaraderie clocked in at 37 percent yeah right i love how they had less women to men so like does this like they were trying to create chaos (laughs) it's actually the pilot for the real world cave edition (laughs) christian claw a french swiss explorer who led the expedition said it was a real surprise to leave the voluntary isolation so the the, i think though you need to put people who like want to go to mars into this like just regular people not like cave explorers yeah well, they did that with the uh, biodome in, in Arizona, right? It was like to figure out how people could survive. And, and that it, was just the pilot for the Polly Shore movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one survived more than a day. They're like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. No, no more uh, weasel. In our heads, we had walked into the cave 30 days ago, he said. Scientists participated in the... Well, what the what, so they lost 10 days? <laughs> Those 40 days felt like 33 days in the cave with no... <laughs> that sun. was the longest 33 days I've ever spent. Yeah, it was actually 40 days. Oh, well, that makes but, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Those 33 days felt like 40. <laughs> I wonder if they tricked them and said, you're going in for 30 days, and then called them out at 40. Yeah, Maybe. Scientists participated in the 1.2 million euro project, monitored volunteers' sleep patterns, social interactions, and behavioral patterns via sensors. <laughs> the sensor says that, that Norman's angry. Yeah. I feel like 1.2 million for that project, I feel like I could oversee that and get it under budget at $10,000. I think so too. I bet I could get all those. Well, you got to feed 15 people for 40 days. Yeah. I mean, they can also eat the cave bats. Yeah, and guano. Right? Oh, yeah. guano makes a nice topping. Yeah, right? They're making like the really expensive coffee. Yeah. You ever, you ever lick a stalactite? Oh, the best. One of them, which measured participants' temperatures, was swallowed like a pill. It transmitted information to a computer until it was Spelled naturally. I didn't quite understand that sentence. Can you just explain that to me? Yeah, so they swallow a pill, and apparently it only transmits information <laughs> until you poop it out. <laughs> Marina Lancone, a 33-year-old Trek guide, said that she didn't feel the rush to do anything while in the cave. But see, these are all people that, like, hang out in caves. That's the yeah, problem. They, they're all people that are, like, they do these you know, expeditions, extreme expeditions yeah. to challenge their bodies. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're in a cave. You're like, oh, man, I really wish I could finish the new season of Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> I wonder how many people after this 40 days are going to give up their caving careers. Yeah. Fellow volunteer Johan Francois, a 37-year-old math teacher and sailing instructor, said that with no scheduled obligations, the challenge during the 40 days was to profit from the present moment without ever thinking about what will happen in one in 
hour in two hours. So he just sat in there and masturbated the whole time. <laughs> to keep himself fit, Francois said he ran 10 kilometer circles in the cave as exercise. He said he added that he sometimes had visceral urges to leave. How did he figure out what 10 kilometers was? Well, I, well, I guess you got a lot of time to pace it out. Yeah, but I'm amazed that they found a large enough flat space to be running. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, no, they didn't mention that Halliburton came in and, and set yeah, up put the in a jogging track. There's an organic farm. <laughs> there's, there's a soda fountain. There's a movie theater. <laughs> this experiment is the first of its kind. Etienne Kochlin, director of the Cognitive Neurosciences Department of the École Normale Supérieure in Paris, told the Agence France Press in March. God damn, that was a hard sentence. <laughs> that was a lot of letters. Until now, these types of missions aim to study the body's physiological rhythms, but never the impact of this type of disconnection from time on a human being's cognitive and emotional functions, said Coquelin, who's part of the monitoring team. I mean, this has been done before. Like, didn't Jesus do 40 days? Yeah. By did. himself. He did, after he was dead. <laughs> yeah, and then he had to move a big big rock. <laughs> he had to move that giant <laughs> rock. <laughs> How fragile was he yes. after being killed and then not eating for 40 days? Yeah. I think it was three days. Oh, did he rise? What, he was dead? No. Three days. Jesus was dead for three days. Oh, okay. So he was, he was just limp. Well, he's been dead for more than three days. Well, hang on. Why is Lent, why is Lent 40 days? Louis, come on now. <laughs> Does, it, does anyone know? Does Catholics know? Oh, okay. So those are the 40 days he had temptation by Satan. Oh, gotcha. So. Maybe that's the same thing. Maybe this is like a religious experiment, right? Oh, they're they're like, they're down there. They have a bunch of half goat people. They have eternal flame, like flames come up. Ha ha, you want a Snickers bar. Ha ha. I have, I have the path to a hole to sunlight. I have a cell phone. <laughs> Would you like to take TikTok? Temptation. <laughs> Please, God, give me the power to not listen to the goat man. Uh, all right. What do you think, Louie? I don't know if we needed to do this experiment. It seems like it potentially could have gone very awry, especially if someone snapped. Yeah, right? And they have no Murdered way. Murdered somebody? Yeah. That'd be crazy. One guy comes out covered in blood. Yeah, I, I couldn't take it. I killed all 14 of them. They're like, dude, there was stuff. You Because you're the only one who could have lived to tell the tale, yeah, right? right. So you got to kill everybody. Don't go in there, guys. It's pretty intense. <laughs> pretty intense. I'm lucky I made it out alive. Yeah. There's a Satan goat guy. <laughs> Kill everybody. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yep. Story Part Two. This story comes from APNews.com. That's a news source more reliable than getting your preventative medical care by pushing the flight attendant call button on a flight. <laughs> you don't think the flight attendant could help you <laughs> figure out what to how what not to eat? <laughs> they ask for the doctor. You push that button. They're like, Is, "I need a doctor." You're like, "How's this mole look? Does this look does this look cancerous?" <laughs> Nurses, doctor, help lucky mom who gave birth on flight. I don't know if I would call that lucky. 
Yeah. A doctor and a team of neonatal medical professionals were in the right place at the right time, helping a Utah woman deliver her baby on board an hours-long flight to Hawaii. So I think what they forgot to report was the doctor that cleared her to fly was like, you can only fly to Hawaii during our OBGYN office's annual retreat to Hawaii. <laughs> well, you're not allowed. So apparently this woman didn't know that she was pregnant, right? I mean, That's what we figured out. Because you're not allowed to fly at a certain age or certain. Uh, gestation gestation and, well, and so she, maybe she didn't know but maybe she's like well, listen i'm not pregnant i'm gonna be giving birth yeah, during that yeah. so I, when we land i will not be pregnant there's nothing in the fine print that says i can't be crowning as the <laughs> at, dur- at the moment i board i think it says if my contractions are at least 10 minutes apart i can board <laughs> i can take a six hour flight yeah Lavinia Lavi Munga was traveling from Salt Lake City to Hawaii on April 28th for a family vacation when she gave birth to her son, Raymond, at just 29 weeks gestation. So we've learned that this was a pregnancy she didn't know about. We learned that on TikTok, too. Uh-huh. Um, but Raymond, that's kind of the worst name. I would have been like, what's your name? 18A? Yeah, right? <laughs> Delta? <laughs> yeah. See, I bet if you named your kid after the airline, that kid would fly for free the rest of the Oh, life. absolutely. I would make a I would have the But it has pi- to be specific. Delta Airlines flight 877 <laughs> from Salt Lake to Hawaii. Yeah, it's like Delta, the airline of champions. Yeah, right. But I, I would have the pilot on on the, the thing talking to, to corporate. <laughs> Just like, what exactly do I need, need to name my child yeah. for them to fly the rest of their life? Uh, we need Delta is great. <laughs> Do you want that all one name or is that all three names? <laughs> uh, I'm doing a roll call, f- fourth graders. Is Delta is great here? Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, Dr. Dale Glenn, a Hawaii Pacific Health family medicine physician, along with Lonnie Banfield, Amanda Beating, and Mimi Ho, neonatal intensive care unit nurses from North Kansas City Hospital, were also on board. That's like the, the, the luckiness of this is amazing, the, of the people that happen to be uh, on board. This is like... Being on the flight where the terrorists try to take it over, but it's like the SEAL Team 6 is going for their annual (laughs) retreat is on the plane. (laughs) You're lucky. I just happen to be a flight-trained birthing doctor. (laughs) About halfway through the flight. I just got flight certified (laughs) to to pull babies out of you. I've delivered 900 babies all across the globe on airplanes. Well, if you look at the Guinness Book from 2019, I delivered the most babies on airplanes. I'm submarine trained. I'm helicopter trained. I can deliver a baby, if even if it's on a nuclear missile. I can deliver a baby. Amtrak. <laughs> About halfway through. Ironically, not certified in the hospital. <laughs> About halfway through the flight, there was an emergency call, and I've experienced this before, and usually they're pretty clear asking if there is a doctor on board. Glenn said in a Hawaii Pacific Health press release. This call was not like this, and it was fairly urgent. <laughs> Yo, bitches, we need a doctor now. <laughs> Banfield said she heard someone call out for medical help and saw how little the baby was. So that, that's where I got confused on the story because so this other person got called after the baby was delivered. So I think so. The Banfield was one of the nurses. Yeah. Um. And I think this is one of those – there used to be a TV show called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. So it was people who like went to bed and woke up and there was a baby. Mm. So I think this is a scenario where she probably went to like go to the bathroom and then was like rut row. Because if you look at the TikTok, she's at the back of the plane by the bathroom. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was because there's more space there or she like went to go poop and it was like, uh-oh. 
That is the ultimate trying to save on a ticket <laughs> ever, right? <laughs> she, she lands and they get a bill. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and she is right. It's never like it, – it, it's always like, is there a medical professional on board? There's never like a ding. Does anyone have a chapstick? <laughs> yeah, ding. Who has, who, has, who, has a tic, who has a tic-tac? Who has some birthing forceps? <laughs> All three nurses and the doctor sprung into action with no special equipment for the preemie. The group got creative. They used shoelaces to cut the tie, the umbilical cord, and used a smartwatch to measure the baby's heart rate. And within – Five minutes of the child being born, met its step goal for the day. You know what? With all this technology, none of this would have happened in the 1800s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The baby would have died on the ground. (laughs) We're all trying to work in a very small, confined space in an airplane, which is pretty challenging. But the teamwork was great, Glenn said. The delivery was about... The delivery was also the subject of a viral TikTok, which ranked up more than 11 million views as of Sunday night. 11 million and one, thanks to Louie. Yep. The video shared by Julia Hansen shows the announcement of the birth on the flight with the plane landing three hours later. It's the pilot going, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a birth of um, baby Raymond. <laughs> baby Raymond. <laughs> Uh, everyone on that plane loves Raymond. Yeah, exactly. Everyone on the plane probably hates Raymond, honestly. They're like, God damn it, I didn't get to finish Gone with the Wind. I'll never know how Jumanji 2 ends. <laughs> uh, everyone just kind of got up, got their carry on, and left hands instead of the scene after Munga and her son were escorted off first. Medical crews were waiting at the airport in Honolulu to help get the mom and baby to Kapilani Medical Center for Women and Children. My friend works there. Oh, really? Yeah. I can call him up and ask him if he knows about it. The three nurses from the Your friend's just the janitor. He's like, how would I know? (laughs) He's a doctor, though. And his wife is actually a nurse there, too. So the three nurses from the flight were able to visit Munga and the baby on flight and said it was an emotional reunion. We all just teared up. She called us family and said we're all his aunties. And it was so great to see them host said. Munga has... Here's the thing. You couldn't get in to see a birth of your own child due to COVID restrictions right now. Yeah. You can, you're some I can't go seeing my dying grandma, but I'm a <laughs> nurse that helps someone on a plane I can go see. Yeah, you're right. Moonga has since been discharged, but baby Raymond will remain in the NICU until he's ready to go home. That's not school, so they get to do their vacation <laughs> still. <laughs> and the baby gets to be at the hospital. Mom, what did you do while I was, uh, while I was in the neonatal room? Surfed. <laughs> I surfed. I did the uh, parasailing. (laughs) It has been very overwhelming, Munga said. I'm just so lucky that there were three NICU nurses and a doctor on the plane to help me and help stabilize him and make sure he was okay for the duration of the flight. The real unanswered question is, because there was still like two hours left of the flight after the baby came out, did they upgrade her? Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like God, that would suck. You know, you pay all this money to be first class from Utah to Hawaii, and then like someone comes and taps on your shoulder, sir. We're going to need to take your seat so that a baby can be born. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, even worse, uh, a baby was just born back in coach, but we need your seat. You got to go sit in the yeah. birth juice. You got to go seat. sit in the mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to sit in the amniotic fluid. <laughs> It wasn't a water birth. It was an overwater birth. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. Yep. It's the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. That's it for today, folks. want to thank you so much for listening. Of course, if you haven't 
checked us out on the Patreon, yeah. you may do so. Hit us at our website, oddandoffbeat.com. Hit the Patreon link, and you will get to us. Yes, it will. For as little as $2 a month, folks, that's all it does. It helps us, uh, you know, commute back and forth. Helps with the gas money, helps with the coffee money, helps yep. with the child support. So, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, Helps with the bridge repair. <laughs> helps, with- <laughs> helps with Matt's insurance payment on his faulty bridge. <laughs> Where can the fine people see Louis Fox this week? Uh, coming up on the 18th, which is the day this comes out, I have a note in my calendar that says set alarm for 4.50 Uh-oh. a.m. And you don't know what it's for? I don't know what it's for. Not a flight or something? I'm not going anywhere uh, that that day, so uh, it will be interesting when I get up at 4.50 to see what? what's happening <laughs> and try and figure it out. <laughs> then on the 21st, I'm doing a virtual show for a hippie school. So if you want to check that out, hit me up. But you must have a hippie-looking background and aesthetic. Tie-dye, dreadlocks, Bob Marley, pot leaf. Yep, and eating like some sort of kale salad. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and then from the 22nd through the 26th, I'll be kicking it on the East Coast. Nice. Where can they catch you? Uh, nowhere. I'm not going to be at your virtual show. I'm not going to be at the East Coast. <laughs> I'm just going to be hanging out. You're going to get up at 4.50. Fixing my bridge. You're going to get up at 4.50 with me? I get up at 4.50 every morning. I'm a farmer, man. Uh, I am a rancher. Get up with the crows. I do. I get up early, and then I look outside. I go, man, this is is a lot of work, and then I go back to bed. Do you know the difference between a farmer and a rancher? What? Uh, I think ranch deals with livestock, where farmer does, like, crops. Oh, I'm a rancher, man. Yep. I got, a, I got a ranch tan. It's not a, I got a rancher tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we want to thank you so much. If you have any stories or things that are going on that's ex- exceptionally weird, send us a message, info at oddandoffbeat.com. You can also send us messages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And primarily Facebook, we'll probably yeah. get that one fastest. Yeah. And Maybe then, Instagram. We check the Instagram. Yeah. Don't do a Twitter. Yeah. If, if, if you're dying... Don't Twitter, yeah, yeah. Twitter message us. Yeah, tweet 911. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag 911, I need help. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for listening, folks. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Odd and Offbeats podcast.